ladies and gentlemen. It is September the 6th, Wednesday of the year 2023. One day removed from the official start of the NFL season. That is right, a long summer has finally ended. Well, it was a great summer, but it's finally coming to an end. I don't have to watch fucking baseball, no offense, for uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, I will keep up on the playoffs, okay? But, okay, the NFL season has arrived, and I am excited. A, a lot of people are excited. I got my NFL Sunday ticket ready. Um, my, my, my team, the Dallas Cowboys, have great expectations this season. I mean, they fucking do every year. Um, and with great expectations comes great heat, so I understand that. But it's finally arrived. College football season started already. And and it just gets you kind of in the groove for the NFL season. It really is. Free agency, free agency the draft, OTAs, preseason. I mean, everything. Any, any, anything that can get you close to football just excites you. But there's nothing like the real thing anymore. And we are one day away from it. Tomorrow... The start of the season, the Detroit Lions go to Arrowhead and play the Kansas City Chiefs. And what could be... Look, that is actually a weird game. It's Usually they'll put two elite teams. Maybe not all the time, but they'll usually put two fucking elite teams at the beginning of the season. They'll put the Chiefs... like you. T- typically, they'll put Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs week one like to start the season off. You know, Usually, it's the Super Bowl champion who gets the first game. And usually they'll put them against another elite team. They put the Detroit Lions. And I'm not trying to say they're not elite or anything. Or they're not any good. The Detroit Lions have been arguably the talk of the entire NFL offseason. Literally literally since they fucking beat Green Bay in week 17. Uh, not week 17. Week 18 of last year. And that final week when prior to the game. The Seattle Seahawks won their game. Clinched the wild card spot. And the Detroit Lions had nothing to play for. But the Green Bay Packers did. I I I actually hated that move that they put the uh, the Lions in the primetime slot. Considering if if the Seahawks had won, the Lions wouldn't even get a uh, a shot to play in the playoffs. They'll just be right there in the last game of the season. But anyway, they still played and they still beat the Green Bay's ass. Who Green Bay could have been in the playoffs with a win. Incredible. Um, so, oh, and by the way, if I'm not remembering, I probably don't remember well. I think Green Bay losing is what got uh, Seattle into the playoffs. Seattle did their part, but I remember had Detroit won, Detroit would have been the playoffs, not Seattle. But anyway, the Detroit Lions have been the talk of the NFL season, off season, excuse me. I'm I'm fucking rusty, by the way. I I am I I sound half excited, half rusty. I can't even explain it, but I am fucking rusty, my guys. And you're, you're probably going to tell in this podcast uh, specifically. I'm not going to take too long. But yeah, the Detroit Lions talk of the offseason since the beginning of the um, offseason to now. The defense has improved, at least on paper. The offense was spectacular last year. They went 9-8 and eight last season. It was, the first winning se- it was the first winning season since 2016, if I'm not even mistaken. First time since 2016. First time since I was a junior in high school that they had a winning record. I remember they, they lost in a wild card uh, game that year to Seattle. Now, they're coming off a winning season. Dan Campbell 
it saved his job and he's always and he's been a great coach he everybody loves him but it really did save his job I don't know where he'd be on the hot seat right now if they were coming off a six and eleven season Jared Goff is coming off a, a pretty good year Jamison Williams after what week four I mean he, he's facing a, a short suspension he should be coming back the run game it's expected to stay the same even without DeAndre Swift um and again defensively in the in the backfield not the backfield in the secondary excuse me I'm so rusty guys in the secondary they look better on paper they look better oh and by the way the division's wide open Aaron Rodgers the boogeyman of that division is gone Aaron Rodgers was to the NFC North what Tom Brady was to the AFC East for almost 20 years so he's gone Chicago seems optimistic. Minnesota is not going 13 and 4. Thank God. They're not going 11 and 0 in one uh, possession games. So, it's an optimistic uh year in the horizon for Detroit. But they're going up against Kansas City at their place. That shit's fucking tough. That shit's tough. And I look, we don't even know if Chris Jones is going to play. I'm not even sure. I might be I might be tripping, but I don't even know if Chris Jones is still going to play this game. Similar similar to I don't even think Nick Boza is going to play against uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday. The, the There's contract holdouts. Look, it's different when it's a pass rusher and it's a running back. The running backs, yeah, that shit gets taken care of quick. N- not in their favor. <laughs> not in their favor because the running backs, you know, the, the whole point is, you know, you're not as valuable to us. But pass rushers, oh, you can't, you can't finesse a pass rusher. Oh, you ain't you're not gonna finesse a pass rusher, so with that being said, Chris Jones playing is probably gonna determine look, it's not gonna determine the game or who you know if Detroit wins or not. But I mean he he he'll definitely fucking help Kansas City. Kansas City's they're gonna be back. They 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 really are. They seem to draft well every fucking year. They always regroup. They have one of the best interior offensive lines in the entire league. They're solid all the way around. I think the run game is going to... I think the I think the run game is going to get even better with Pacheco and McKinnon there. It's, it's an optimistic year, but it's Kansas City. But I don't want to get off the rails. I'm just excited about that. That's for Thursday, and then the rest of the games are Sunday. Again, this podcast usually is for the more casual fans who don't follow the sport as much, who don't get to watch it a lot. So that's for week one. Tomorrow, uh, what's today, Wednesday? In two days, I'll probably, or three days, depending how I feel. In two, three days, I'll be releasing my NFL week one predictions. I'm going to do the over-unders. Well, I'm going to look up the over-unders and see do I think they'll cover or not. I did pretty good last year. I I like to think I did pretty fucking good last year. And that's going to be a chance for me to show. But with all that being said, I'm going to cut the bullshit. This is a prediction for the NFL season. These are my predictions. I'm going to go division by division. And... You know, I, I look. I'm not gonna go too in depth with every single team. That's that's a long ass podcast. I think last year I did one. And it was like two fucking hours. I'm not. I am not doing that. Okay. I'm gonna go division by division. Where I where I think a team is going to um. Where a team, I think the team is gonna land. How far they can get to the playoffs. What are their actual expectations? I think everybody 
they have a good enough team and it's like, oh, we're going all the way. No, no it does not work that way. So with all that being said, uh, let me get this shit ready on my computer. It all leads to this. I, I think when you're asked who's going to win the Super Bowl, it's very it's a very complicated question. Kansas City is everyone's pick, oh, like obviously. But let me remind folks, there has not been a repeat champion in 20 years since the 0304 Patriots. There has only been two repeat champions since the year 1990. That was the Cowboys in 92, 93, and again, the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. That's it. That's it. In the NBA since 1990, like off the top of my fucking head, the Bulls with Jordan did it twice when they three-peated. The Rockets in between repeated. That's three already. The Lakers from 2000-2002 uh, three-peated, so that's four. The Lakers in 2009-2010 repeated, that's five. The Heat in 2011-2012 repeated, that's six. The Warriors repeated in 2017 and 18, that's seven. Since 1990, there's been seven repeat champions in the NBA. There's only been two in the NFL. And it's been 20 years. That's, that's fucking crazy. So no, I don't think Kansas City is going to win. Mainly because of that. And they have so much competition in the AFC. Where I'm going to get started. And that leads me to the AFC East. The division that includes the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. This is... Last year, I thought this was one of the... Midway through the year, I thought this was one of the toughest divisions in football. Prior to the season, last season, everyone was, oh, the AFC West is going to be the best division in football. Um, the one that includes the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders. Look, the Raiders, I'm glad they, they, they did what they did because I literally went on the rail saying they're going to be pathetic. They're not... No, no offense. They're just not going to be that good. They're just not going to be that good. They they lack the depth. They don't have any. They don't really have much on defense. Josh McDaniels is barely back as a. You you can you can essentially call him a first time head coach at that point because his first stint as a head coach in Denver back in the day was just it was just a wash. Um. And then, but I didn't expect Denver to fall off the rails like that. Hell no, I did not expect that. And. It really became just a one-team race. Kansas City just fucking blew out the water, blew everyone out the water. So the AFC East this year is, on paper, the best division in football in the AFC as well. I can't... The only division that comes close is the AFC North, which I'm going to get to after this. My predictions for this conference, I mean, for the division, for the AFC East, I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills, number one. The New York Jets, number two. The Miami Dolphins, number three. And the New England Patriots, number four. There you have it. That's my division right there. I think the Buffalo Bills, and I'll get started with them. I think the Buffalo Bills, this is a make or break year. A lot of teams are facing this shit too. The Buffalo Bills, if you look at the team they've had this year and then last year and then in 2021, there's not too many dramatic changes other than other than the coordinator changes. Now we've seen that now we've seen that change a lot. And that's that's going to happen anytime you have a, a really dominant team. Coordinators are going to leave more than likely. That's about the only dramatic change. Look at the secondary. I mean that shit's been intact for how long? Especially at safety with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. The Buffalo Bills have literally been 
extremely consistent. Von Miller will be will be missing some time. But up front, I mean they 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 were pretty they've been pretty solid over the years. The O-line, obviously it doesn't wow you, but it's it's been solid, although it got exposed. It kind of got exposed over time. I think that's one of the big question marks this season. They've never been lacking in skill positions, but it, it it could help if they run the ball better. Like again, that literally is what got them eliminated in the playoffs last year. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't really run either. But the Buffalo Bills, they have the best quarterback in this division. If you look at their games, they can blow you out like like this as a snap of a finger. They they can blow you out pretty quick. Offensively, they are the best team in this division. And defensively, I mean, you look at the last two seasons, they're always they're either top five, top ten in total defense, whether it's yards per game or total points allowed. The Buffalo Bills are legit. They're a complete team. They keep faltering in the playoffs. That, that keeps fucking them up. They keep fucking up in the playoffs. They haven't been to the title game since 2020. You would have figured back in 2020 when they beat when they got uh, beat by Kansas City that they'll be back, and they haven't been back. They've been they've been beating the division around the last two seasons. First, it was the Kansas City in the most craziest way you could have happened. Okay, but they got smacked. They got punched in the mouth by Cincinnati last year. The fact that Cincinnati beat them in the trenches is just fucking ridiculous. It doesn't. It almost doesn't even make any sense. But they're still. Because of Josh Allen, because of McDermott, because of their track record, I still have to put them number one. I don't think Miami can stay healthy enough. They don't have the quarterback to be able to be to be able to be uh, to have a better record than Buffalo in a seventeen game season. Now we have seen them; they will give Buffalo a run for their money, regardless of who's quarterback. Remember, Buffalo struggled to beat these guys. At the wild card game last year with no Tua. They struggled. But Buffalo's, you know, we could argue, like, we can argue right now who's the most talented team in the division, but Buffalo's got the better track record still. They have the better quarterback. I'm not going to say better coach. Bill Belichick is still, Bill Belichick still coaches in the AFCs, guys. But it's a very talented team, man. Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Greg Rosso, Ida Oliver. Leonard Floyd coming in, Matt Milano, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Hope Kyler uh, Elam. We see something out of him this year, Micah Hyde. It's, it's a good team. The fact that they've been able to keep these guys for as long as they have is just unbelievable. It's, it's hard in the NFL to keep a core intact that long. That's what you got to give them credit for. And that's why I think he's going to win this division again. And I say that even more boldly because you got to understand Miami. I don't like the quarterback situation. It's not really a situation, but can Tua stay healthy? That's that's a big if. Even when he was out there, they they stumbled. Even when he like even when he returned, and then he didn't make it to the playoffs. Like that shit's got to suck. Now, some of the injuries he had were not. They're not. They're not injuries that. It's different when it's an ankle injury, a calf injury, stuff that you can you know kind of agitate a little bit more they were more freak more on the freak uh on the freak side I, at least i like to think there are injuries i think could have been avoided but still he, he's had in he, he has his fair share of injuries and and then you look at the new york jets who on paper they're probably 
they could upset the the fucking Bills in this division. They and not even upset. They have literally on paper maybe even a better team than Buffalo. Maybe even a better team than Miami. But we got what we have to remember. I said the same thing with um Russell Wilson got to Denver last year and Deshaun Watson got to Cleveland. It is always a little bit of a learn I don't want to say learning curve. There is always a little bit of a slow start when a new quarterback, a, a new elite quarterback goes into a completely different team. Now, I know he's got the same offensive coordinator he had at Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, who, by the way, got fired from Denver last year. But I don't know, man. It happens all the time, man. Peyton Manning went through that shit in Denver. Literally went 3-3 three and three in his first six games. And then won 10 in a row to finish the year off. It happened to Tom Brady in his first year in Tampa back in 2020. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, they started off like six and five. And then they went on to win the last five games of the season and then won all four in the fucking playoffs on the road. It's happened a lot. It's happened a lot. And and this is a tough division. It's hard it's hard to just ask all these guys all these it's hard to ask Miami to say Super Bowl or bust. When you got Buffalo and uh and the Jets in your division. And New England, who is going to have one of the scariest defenses in the league. And it's it, it's tough to ask that from everyone. But Buffalo's done it uh, three years in a row now. And the division got tougher last year. Buffalo, they didn't, they didn't fold. Yes, the Jets, they showed they can beat Buffalo. Same shit with, the, same shit with Miami. But we'll see. I think the quarterback will make the difference. Speaking of quarterback... Aaron Rodgers arrives to the New York Jets. That's who's my uh, my number two team in the AFC East. We're about to find out if he's old, if he's really an old man right now or not. He didn't have the best of performances last year in Green Bay. Maybe the rec- you know the receivers could have helped a little bit, but let's be honest. Those stat you look at his stats, they really fell off from his twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one stats. Hey, twenty twenty. Dude, I I think I checked it out the other day. His his touchdown to interception ratio was fucking crazy. I was shocked to see that number. I don't even remember him being that good in 2020. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers arrives to the Jets. I can't believe that he really did. The Jets actually have a, a quarterback. The New York Jets actually have a new uh a franchise quarterback, even if it is just for a couple years. It's like the same shit when Brady went to Tampa. It's like, oh my God, Tampa has a quarterback. They have a quarterback. Because you understand, if you're around my age, you grew up with these teams being dog shit. You really did. Tampa Bay was dog shit all my childhood and all growing up. And all of a sudden, Brady comes. All of a sudden, the team that you thought, eh, they, they might, you know, they have some pieces. They have Brady and all of a sudden, they're in the Super Bowl. And like, how the fuck did this happen? Same shit with the Jets. Now, the Jets, we, we saw the pieces coming in. Defensively, they were top-notch last year. If they literally just had an average quarterback last season, they probably were in the playoffs. They, they were they're probably in the playoffs last season. If they had at least an average quarterback. If they had maybe Jameis Winston out there. No offense. <laughs> but, you know, you get the point. Aaron Rodgers comes in. There's a lot of confidence. There's a ton of confidence in... Um, at the Meadowlands right now. Like never before. Their defense is going to do what they have to do. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Quinn Williams. Uh, it's This is the best Jets team since fucking 2010. This is the best Jets team on paper in, in probably this millennium. 
okay, maybe, you know, those 2009, 2010 Jets teams were nice, but their offense was lacking. Let's be honest. They they were carried to those title games by Rex Ryan's defense. But this is ha- this has to be the most talented team in this new millennium. And Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to Here's Sorry guys. I'm I'm kind of fucking messing with this fucking computer right now. Shit's pissing me the fuck. Okay, there you go. There's a lot of confidence. Their offense could be one of the better ones in the league. Garrett Wilson Alan Lazard coming in, McCole Hardman, Brees Hall, and Dalvin Cook tandem. The the tandem between Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, I think it's not even being talked about enough. Brees Hall was on a tear last year. Before his injury, Brees Hall was on a tear. He was on pace to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know, we talk about a lot of the good, um, good running backs last year, especially from Seattle, especially from Houston, but Brees Hall was... Brees Hall was on, Brees Hall was on a league of his own. It felt like for a couple of weeks, then he gets hurt, and then like it's like no one, especially with Rodgers coming, it's like no one's talking about it. That's life in the NFL. You're talked about so much for a couple of weeks, and then you're just forgotten. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, that tandem could be very deadly, and and, and as it should, and as it should. Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years had a very deadly uh, running back duo. And Jones and um, and oh my God, who and Dylan? I'm so rusty. I am so I am super rusty still. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers had a good duo his final years in Green Bay, and he's gonna have one here. That's notable. The offensive line worries me. They can't fucking stay healthy. On paper, you would think, oh, it should be all right. No, I, I mean even with the new additions. They they gotta be able to stay healthy. They've made great investments in the first round of free agency. They've gotta be able to stay healthy. You you can't win with a with a 39, 40 year old quarterback not not being protected in the pocket. That's really what that's literally how they got uh Tampa Bay got through with Brady. But that's probably the only reason why I have and that and the and it's Aaron Rodgers' first season. It's Aaron Rodgers' first season on a completely new team. First time he's ever left Green Bay. So it's a tough division for him. It's, this is not the NFC North of the one he dominated. This is not even his fucking division right now. So this is going to be an interesting year. I think the New York Jets have what it takes. Early on, I was skeptical, but I started to look. Hey, defensively, they're fucking unbelievable, man. Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams, Franklin Myers, Sauce Gardner, Mosley, Tony Adams, DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead. There's so much names on this defense. You you look you look at what they did last year. You look at some of these young guys. They're only going to get better. Yeah, I, this is the second best team in the division right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they won the whole thing. Uh, my number three team in this division, the Miami Dolphins. They traded for Jalen Ramsey. It, it felt like the most Miami Dolphins move. But I'm I'm happy they did it. I'm happy they did it. Uh, if only he can play. He's injured. He's gonna be injured for a good portion of this season. Tua is the biggest talk. Can he fucking stay healthy for at least 15 games of this season? Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's is a head coach. There's no one questioning what he can do. They have the weapons to do so. I wish they would have an elite running back on there. I know about the value I was just talking about, but it would be nice if they had. A substantial run game 
to help and compliment Tua. Literally, literally, that, that I think that would be a very good, that would be some good help. I think they need to run Armstead, the left tackle, to stay healthy this season. But defensively, Jesus Christ, when they get Ramsey back, and I hope, I hope it's in time when they could probably make the playoffs. Look, a lot of good teams in the AFC might not make the playoffs. There's no shame. Raycon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb. I would like to see more out of him, though. Saban Howard, Javon Holland, and then Ramsey. It, it's a scary, scary defense. Vic, Vic Fangio coming in to be their defensive coordinator. Who? This division is littered with fucking beasts on defense. The Bills defense, the Dolphins defense, the Jets defense, the New England Patriots defense, which is going to be the backbone of that team. Yeah, I, I think Miami is basically... this. Miami is very tough to predict. I, I think they can go far in the... They have the players to go far in the playoffs. They have the team, but you have to have a quarterback. And you have to be able to stay healthy at the right time. And those two things kind of like... And the division. I, I keep saying this. The division is going to be so hard. It is going to be so hard. There will, I can see one of these teams breaking away. But it's going to be very difficult. And I don't think there's a shame. I think they're a 10-win team. I literally on my predictions have this team. Yeah, 10 wins. So that's that. I think Miami, they're going to have some trap games. They're going to have games they, they probably shouldn't win. They'll have games they... They probably should have lost. Next team up, the New England Patriots. I think this team is a borderline 500 team. And I don't think this team is ass or dog shit at all. This is not a bad team. They, you know, on defense, they've... I like the Christian Gonzalez draft. I mean, the the draft pick of him. Will Bill O'Brien make the difference? The, uh, the Their new offensive coordinator coming from... Bama, you know, obviously he coached in Houston, Deshaun Watson. He was not a bad coach at all. This guy is a great offensive mind. They're bringing him back to New England. But anything better than what they had in Mike Patricia last year, I still can't believe he was their offensive coordinator. But bringing in Bill O'Brien is going to be a big addition. My question is how much? They don't have any weapons. They they, they don't, well, they don't have enough weapons. I think Juju Smith... The Juju Smith acquisition literally made me not react at all. I didn't even know how the fuck you react to that. I don't even think that's a big move. I really don't. By the way, I'm hearing this. I mean, I think he's going to I mean, he's gonna have to stay healthy. He's going to have to put over 1,000 yards to make this worthwhile. Seriously, the run, the run game is pretty strong. But the, the offensive line, I don't think it's what it used to be. And they, man, they need... Oh my goodness. Their offense is, is a question mark. Even with Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones is going to have to fucking play at least as good as he did his rookie year. But shit, even better. But he's not getting help with the lack of weapons. I don't think the offensive line will be as good. I mean, this, this offense. Now, I will say this. Bill Belichick is not going to be responsible for that offense as much. Let's be honest. If his defense is top five, top ten in the league, and that offense is pathetic, he probably still keeps his job. He probably still keeps his job. He did his part. Last year was, okay, last year was not good. It was, yeah, it was just not good for New England. But their offense worries me. And it worries me more because you look at the three 
teams ahead of them in this division, and they're fucking loaded almost at every position. Even Miami at two, with Tua. Tua's not a bad quarterback. Yes, he's not Justin Herbert, and he's not Joe Burrow, and never will be, but he's, he's good. I think he's all right. Put around the right players and around the right, right around the coach. Put around the same co- with the good coachings, coaching systems. Sorry, guys. I'm so fucking rusty. I'm not in podcast mode, but I, I'm about to be. You put Tua with the right people, right surrounded by the right stuff. He looks pretty nice. And I don't think Mac Jones has been. I mean, the McDaniels rookie year, yeah, sure. He's gone now. So it, it's up to Bill O'Brien to maximize the best out of him. But it's going to be tough in that division. I got this team winning eight games. Eight and nine. I don't think it's the worst thing. It's a loaded conference and a loaded division. That's not a bad thing. Their run game is going to be solid again. Ramondre Stevenson's unbelievable. I think he's not being talked about enough. Their defense is keep going to keep them in games. Like like literally in week one. I think they're, there's a chance they might get blown out by Philadelphia. But their defense will keep them in the game. I just wonder if the offense will. The offense will. And by the way, Mac Jones, this is this is a make or break year for him. You know, right now at least he has the excuse. I don't, maybe I had a sophomore slump, and I had Mike Mike Patricia as my offensive coordinator, and I don't have weapons. But I think he's gonna have a lot more help. Well, at least than he did last season. This is this is a big one. He's got to put up. He's got to put up something, man. So that's it. That's the division. My, the next division, the AFC North. And now, uh, this, honestly, I'm going to try to speed it up more. We'll see if I can. We'll see if I can't. This is, this is probably going to turn out to be another two-hour podcast, but I will try my best to shorten it. In the AFC North, my, my predictions, I think it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals winning it. In second place, the Pittsburgh Steelers. In third place, the Baltimore Ravens. In fourth place, the Cleveland Browns. Number one, the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is in a contract season. He's coming off an injury. He obviously, I don't think he even played all. I don't even think he played preseason. I don't. He hasn't played in training camp. He hasn't. But Joe Burrow, where he goes, this franchise goes. As long as that man is playing at a high level, this team will always be a contender. And this division is good. Okay, this division is nice, but there is no team that I think is that I can say with a straight face, oh, they're going to be better than the Bengals. No. No. At, at least in the AFC East. At least in the AFC East, you can maybe make the case for the Jets because they have Aaron Rodgers now. But I don't see anybody in this division being better than the Bengals. They might give them a run for their money, but I don't see anybody being better. As good as the division is, I don't see anybody being better than the Cincinnati Bengals. Their offensive line has improved over the years, although there's always going to be question marks still. It's probably not perfect still. Their weapons are top-notch. Defensively, they are getting better and better. I mean, they're nice on defense. I think the only question mark will be on uh, their secondary. I mean, excuse me, the secondary, but mostly at the safety position. They are a little bit weaker on at safety than they than they're probably used to. There is. I don't even know what what, what to say when it comes to teams like this. They're gonna win. They're the only the only concern I have with Cincinnati. For the most part, not 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 from their team, but 
they can't afford to get off to such a slow start again. I feel like the last two seasons, well, at least last year, they got very, very lucky. Actually, I, I, I dare say even 2021. They've gotten very lucky at the end of the year because, well, one, they turn up at the end of the year, but two, they've been very, they've been benefited by Baltimore and by Lamar Jackson's untimely injuries. Lamar Jackson has missed December the last two fucking years. If you look at Baltimore's record the last two years before Lamar Jackson's injuries, they were on pace to win that division every time. And then he gets hurt. They fall apart. Well, and I wouldn't say fall apart, but they they start to slip up big time. And Cincinnati takes up, takes the advantage. But let's not forget, Cincinnati, it took literally a fucking 99-yard return to beat these guys at the playoffs last year, at the wild card game. They were still struggling. Baltimore's a hell of a team when they, when they get things going. I think that's probably the only concern for me for Cincinnati is especially if Joe Burrow is not 100% to start the year, is what if Cincinnati gets off to a 3-3, three and 2-2 three, two and two start, and somebody like Pittsburgh or Baltimore is off to a 4-0 start? I just don't think you can rely on Lamar Jackson slipping up in December again, and Pittsburgh's better this year, and Cleveland is obviously, if Deshaun Watson's who he is, they should be them. So that's my only concern. They got to get off to a fast start. They got to literally enforce their dominance in that division. And not just wait for the dominoes to fall. Because that ain't always going to work out that way. And let me tell you something. It's way better to go play in Cincinnati than it's having to go play in Pittsburgh. And then it's having to go play in Baltimore in January. So that's that. Joe Burrow is going to be in the running for MVP. I hope he gets to play week one. But even then, if he is not 100% in week one, he actually still plays. I think they're going to lose week one to Cleveland. They always struggle with that team. My number two team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are like everyone's dark horse. I literally, by the way, I have Pittsburgh and Baltimore literally with the same wins. I, I think it's close between them. I'm only saying I'm only saying this because, not because I don't think Baltimore's good enough. I, I'm saying this because I think Pittsburgh, I think the Steelers are going to be better than people are giving them credit for. If their defense is healthy, this is probably the best defense Tomlin's had in years. The offensive line is it's something to look for, but I mean, if they're healthy, I mean, if they're average, I think they should be fine. But that is something to look for, especially week one. They have the weapons. They got the run game. Well, on paper. And Kenny Pickett, if he makes the sophomore jump that he, that we're, I mean, he's projected to have, there's no telling. I think Pittsburgh is... I think Pittsburgh is going to be a threat in this conference, in this division and in this conference. This team, even with so many fucking injuries and sometimes so so much inconsistent play, they always figure a way out to win eight, nine games. They've always fucking figured it out. I don't know how the fuck they do it, but they've always been able to do it. The last two years, they had zero business with a winning record. And they always fucking pull it off. Now they have, well, now if they have better injury help and they do have a better roster on paper, more depth, things might look up for real. Next team up, the Baltimore Ravens. The third best team in this division. Look, no, Baltimore, 
if I had to pick a team to go up against Cincinnati and hopefully beat them, it's probably the Ravens. Well, at least right now. We'll see when the season starts. But at least the Ravens from their track record. And just when you look at the team on paper, Lamar finally has himself some weapons. I hope Ronnie Stanley can stay healthy this year. I don't think the offensive line is always talked about enough in Baltimore, but that's something that needs to improve. Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers. I mean, they went and got themselves Odell Beckham Jr. That obviously, I don't... Look, to a lot of people, that moves the needle. A lot. Everybody in... Here, give me a... You guys give me a second. My fucking computer turned off and I'm having to put the fucking password. I'm recording this on my phone, by the way. If you're wondering how the fuck am I, how the fuck am I still doing it? <laughs> I don't like when this happens during podcasts. I could be doing homework for five hours straight, and none, none of this bullshit would happen. Anyway, look, the Odell Beckham Jr. move didn't really, uh, like getting him didn't really actually do much for me. But I, I mean, it, it kind of shows they're trying to do something. He, he's still a threat when he's healthy. Adding Zay Flowers was, it was the right thing to do. It wasn't anything crazy. It was the right thing to do. Offensively, they look solid on paper. That's that's awesome. The run game should look good. Tyler Huntley is the backup, so I like the I like this team. I really do. On on defense, they they're not going to have Marlon Humphrey. He's out with an injury. But Kyle Hamilton, we we should see some improvement. They got Marcus Williams. Um. Their linebackers are incredible. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. This team. This team is the only threat. To me is the biggest threat to Cincinnati. But I think Pittsburgh is. I just think Pittsburgh is going to shock a lot of people. By the way guys. They're not really the third best. I mean I literally have them with the same record. One of them had to go. One of them had to go one or two. Okay. I think Pittsburgh is going to surprise them. I think Pittsburgh going to, Pittsburgh's going to surprise a lot of people. They need Lamar to stay healthy for literally the whole year. If they ever want to get to a position where they can be in the Super Bowl or compete for a fucking Super Bowl, they got to have Lamar be out there the whole year. Because, yeah, Lamar from September to early November is unbelievable. He needs to be out there in December, guys. He needs to be out there in January. So, look, I, I expect a big year out of Baltimore. It should be better than last year because, I mean, it has to be if Lamar is going to be out there. Anyway, next up. Next up, next up. The Cleveland Browns. This is probably the toughest team to predict. I don't think I've struggled to predict the team more than the Cleveland Browns. This, The Cleveland Browns, let me tell you something. If you look at the roster too, the Cleveland Browns are probably, they probably have one of the highest ceilings in this league. And I could also see them winning just six games. I don't really know what the fuck to think about the Cleveland Browns. Look, Deshaun Watson has to play well. He was pathetic last year when he finally came in. He's got to literally be Houston Texans Deshaun Watson. And that's just asking for that. This team, like, of course, they're talented with a good offensive line defensively, but Deshaun Watson. This literally will all come down to Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson was the guy he was 
from 2020 and prior, this team might end up in the playoffs. That's literally why they signed him for. They didn't just sign him, make us relevant. No, no, no. They signed him because they were already a good team on paper. And it's like, all right, lead us to the mountaintop. They looked like idiots after last year, but to his defense, and obviously there's not a whole lot, but to his defense, he needs to play the whole year. He needs, to, you know, he needs. It's tough to come in in the middle of a year with no, no playing time or nothing, or not even the middle of the year, but almost late into the year, just come in and just dominate. Being off for as long as he was, he had not played a fucking down in a, you know, fucking two years almost. It all comes down to Deshaun Watson. If he throws for 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns or some shit, bro, this team is a double-digit win team. But if he's not as good as he ever was again, if he's literally like just like Russell Wilson, he's just probably washed or something, which is it's crazy to say because he's very talented. But if that were to occur, this team is going to be worse in the division. This team could literally just win six or seven. And they don't have Jacoby Brissett to rely on. So that's Cleveland, by the way, they've wasted so much already these last couple of years. If you're a Cleveland Brown, you're probably looking around like, man, from 2019 to now, we've had the most talented teams in our lifetimes. And they have one playoff appearance to show for it. Just think about that for a little bit. We have seen the most talented Cleveland Browns teams in our lifetimes the last three or four years with one playoff appearance to show for it. And and it's not like they're talented for their standards. No, no, no. These teams are like legit good. Like great pass rushers, great offensive lines, great running backs. They had great receivers. I mean, still uh, great receivers, linebackers. Quarterback is obviously one thing that's been lacking. And this is their chance. This This might be like one of their last chances. It really is. Before the, before all the money goes to Deshaun Watson, they can't pay anyone else. This is one of their last opportunities, guys. And, it's, and it sucks that they have to be in a division that they're in. But if Deshaun Watson plays to, plays to the level that he can, I mean, you're, you're telling me that Pittsburgh and Baltimore are just going to wipe them away? No, not so fast. Next up, the AFC South, the weakest division in this fucking conference. Here it goes, one through four. The Jacksonville Jaguars, one. The Tennessee Titans, two. The Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts, I have them both with the same record. I have them last, five and 12. The Jacksonville Jaguars, should I go on about why they're going to win the division or just talk about them? They're better on paper, but defensively, defensively, we've been asking for more. A lot of their first-round acquisitions have got to step it up. Trayvon Walker, it's it's kind of put up or shut up this year because he didn't really show he was the number one pick last year. Josh Allen, the linebacker, he's got to step it up too, like actually sack the quarterback. So it's boom or bust when it comes to those line um, to their outside linebackers or you know to the edge rushers. Excuse me. It's not a lot on defense, in my opinion. Their offense is what's going to carry them. Trevor Lawrence has to play for 17 games like he did at the end of last year. We saw the good, the bad, and ugly from Trevor Lawrence last year, but mostly it was good. We, you know, we're going to excuse whatever the fuck happened his his uh, rookie year. That's not his fault. But he's got Calvin Ridley now. Travis Etienne's there. Um, 
Christian Kirk, their offensive line, hopefully gets better. Cam Robinson, I believe he's suspended right now. Doug Peterson obviously tends to do well his second year. Last time, last last time he was in his second year in Philly, he won the Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm not predicting that. I don't think, I don't think Jacksonville is as good as KC. I don't think they're as good as Buffalo or Cincinnati, but I think they're right a tier below that. It wouldn't shock me if they're at that level, but they're a tier below that. They're going to get compared to those teams a lot because they're in this terrible ass division, where they're probably going to win twelve games or something, because it's a terrible division. They're going to stand apart. Hell, I don't even know if they can even win 12 games, could they? 10 games enough. 10 games enough would do it for them. That should be enough for them. Jacksonville aside, I'm not going to talk about the Jaguars enough. I everybody look, the Jaguars had enough hype last year. They they got it done. And it only got it done because how bad that division was. Tennessee literally to open the door for them. Tennessee literally said, here, take the division from us. Eight and nine and won the division. You know how bad the division has to be for you to win with a losing record? I don't think the Jaguars are there anymore. I think they're going to be a lot better. Trevor Lawrence does have to play like a top five quarterback if they do want to reach the next step. They got to the divisional round last year. Can they, can they get to the AFC title game? I think that's the big question mark for the Jaguars. Can they get to the AFC title game? Every a lot of teams have questions, but can they can they take the next step? The Tennessee Titans. Oh boy, the Tennessee Titans. They have arguably the worst offensive line in football. Derrick Henry's getting old. Ryan Tannehill. There's a chance he's not coming back after this year. Defensively, okay, they are fine, especially up front. But offensively, they, they're they anemic. Yes, they added DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Okay. What if the quarterback can't even get the ball to him? Remember when, remember when they got Julio Jones, how, how big of a deal that was? Yeah, nothing really came about that. The Tennessee Titans, the only reason they're even second place right now is because Houston and Indianapolis are literally in rebuild modes. Tennessee, I don't think they're in a rebuild mode. They Yeah, they drafted Le, uh, Levis in the second round. They're not in rebuilt mode. They're kind of like, we don't know. What the, it's not that they don't know what they're doing. I don't know how to explain it with Tennessee. They're, I really don't. Because last year, going into last year, I mean, they were coming off being the number one seed. Shows you how things move around in the NFL. They, they're kind of in reloading mode, especially on offense, the Tennessee Titans. And they just don't have the talent to be able to win this division. Hell no. There's still people out there predicting that they're going to win this division. Look, would it shock me if they come out with a winning record? No, because I think Vrabel's a hell of a coach. And defensively, they're probably going to win games. Defensively, it will help them. that They're probably going to win games they shouldn't win. But I don't see it anymore. I think Derrick Henry's... People are not talking about him aging enough. And Tannehill's coming off the worst season of his career with a rookie quarterback breathing down his nose. With no offensive line. My... I think the question with Tennessee is, can they still get enough out of Derrick Henry? And will Ryan Tannehill be benched this year? I think those are those are big, interesting uh, storylines in this division. In this uh, with this team, seven wins. I think they're about. That's just about where they're at. Next team, um, yeah, the next team here, the Houston Texans. They had the first pick of the... Well, no, they didn't have the first pick. They had early picks in the draft. 
They have themselves C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. D'Amico Ryans is their new head coach coming from San Francisco. The offensive line looks solid, although they're picking up injuries now. Kenyon Green, of course, we saw it with him. Hopefully, it's not a big of a deal. They can't have that at receiver. They're trying to get better. Um, I think defense. I think defensively, they're going. They're going to be better defensively first than they are offensively, just because of who D'Amico Ryan is. I think it's going to be like what happened with Robert Sala when he went to the Jets. He's going to put his imprint on that team. Their secondary should get better if Derek Stingley Jr. makes the jump. Petrie's Petrie's nice. He's nice, but the defensive line should get better. The Houston Texans is very difficult to predict. I don't think they're going to be bad. Like, I mean, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league, okay? They're not. They're, they should be a lot better. They played hard last year. They get, they were in games they probably shouldn't have been in. Not that they won, but I think this team's more talented. CJ Stroud will have some growing pains. I don't think he's going to get sacked as much as people are expecting, but there you go with him. I think the only question is with Houston is can they avoid being the last place team in this division again? Indiana- I think they're going to be fighting Indianapolis for that, which leads me to Indianapolis, who I think is going to be right there with them. Anthony Richardson's the big talking point in this offseason. He looks like he has the most potential of any of the up-and-coming quarterbacks. I like Anthony Richardson, by the way. They had this whole drama with uh, Jonathan Taylor. That also stole the spotlight. Defensively, they should be sound, but they don't have, you know, and they're a very young team. Very young team. I wouldn't even have thought about it. They're a very young team, but they just don't have the talent they used to have for many years. They they don't have it. And that's what's going to hurt them. And by the way, having a, a rookie quarterback, even if Anthony Richardson wins offensive rookie of the year, they just don't have enough on offense. Uh, the old line is just not very good anymore. Defensively, they're they're solid, but they're not elite. I, I don't know. I don't know with this team, but I just don't think this team is going to be contending in this division. Unless Anthony Richards is a fucking Superman or something. The AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think, are the best team. I think the Chargers are right behind them. I think the Broncos are third in this this year and I think the fourth place team is the Raiders that's not even a surprise I think the Chiefs have the most wins of any team this year they're coming up I don't know about the Super Bowl okay it's hard to predict the team to win back to back but they're on pace they're loaded about every position I don't know how much weaknesses they have and even when they have weaknesses unless it's the offensive line they seem to just do well anyway as long as Mahomes is out there as long as Andy Reid's coaching this team, they're fine. I, the only question with Kansas City is can they even repeat? Literally, that's the only question with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm not going to go any further. That's literally it. Oh, I don't think the Chargers, I think the Chargers on paper could cont- could uh, battle it with them. That's on paper. <laughs> that is on paper. Speaking of the Chargers, I think their only question is can they stay healthy? Last year, they struggled too. Can they stay healthy? Can Kellen Moore literally bring not only the best, but can he maximize Justin Herbert? Can the defense take a jump? Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive guru or whatever. They have not done anything the last two years on defense. Their run game is awful. If, if they can stay healthy on defense, 
I, I think this is a legit team. This is a very legit team, but that's if. Offensively, offensively adding... Um, Adding the first, they added a receiver in the first round, um, Quinton Johnson. Literally, I had a, literally, I didn't want to say Jordan Addison. He went to Minnesota. I literally had the name under my tongue earlier. They drafted Quinton Johnson to be right there with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. The weapons they, oh, and then Austin Eckler. The weapons they have, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. Their offensive line, if healthy, is one of the best in the league. Adding Kellen Moore, who had one of the best offenses. In the NFL, the last two seasons in Dallas, I think this offense is going to be top five in the league. Defensively, they have to stay healthy. Like literally, bro. If you think about it, with the Chargers, if it all went well, this team is a Super Bowl contender. But they—they're not. They're like the fucking Cowboys of the AFC. Extremely talented, pleasing to the eye. You look at their depth chart, and you're like, oh my god, they have all these guys on their team. Oh shit. Oh my god. And and then they they actually go and play and you know they're actually worse in Dallas, I think. Dallas at least Dallas at least will win a lot in the season. The playoffs is where they fuck up. The Chargers struggle the, the Chargers will struggle even in the season. And, and by the way, they're coming off of blowing a twenty seven point lead in the wild card game. Like that's gotta sting. Justin Herbert just got a fat contract. He is going to be expected to literally perform at the highest level. And losing at the wild card game ain't gonna be enough, especially if he's part of the reason they fucked up. So that's the Chargers. Next up, the Denver Broncos, and uh, I don't even. This team, I might just take a minute talking about them, or I might take twenty. But the Denver Broncos were the biggest disappointment of last year. Russell Wilson was the biggest disappointment. That that got Nathaniel Hackett fired. Not that, not that he didn't deserve to. I think defensively they were all right. Injuries took its toll. They lost Javante Williams. The offensive line. Yeah, everything everything kind of fell apart for this team. Jerry Judy, I don't even know if he's going to be able to be available for week one. They don't have a lot of weapons anymore like they would have hoped. Is Tim Patrick even playing? Corlin Sutton, what about him? This team, injuries. By the way, they have not much depth at all. There's certain teams, bro, that even with injuries, they can kind of still pull shit out of their ass. Baltimore did it last year. I think Dallas can pull it off. I think Philadelphia, Kansas City. There's teams that can't. And the Chargers is one of them. The the, the Tennessee Titans is another one. Well, they had a lot of them. Pittsburgh's one of them who can pull it off. But I'll tell you what, the Broncos are not one that's ready. Oh, and by the way, did y'all hear they hired Sean Payton as their head coach? <laughs> How can I skip that? Look, Sean Payton... They can't be any worse than they were last year. If they're worse than they were last year, if they're just as bad, there's a there's a bigger problem in Denver than we than we anticipated. It's bad enough they ruined great defenses of the late 2010s. It, it's bad enough. If they had a really good quarterback after Peyton Manning left, they could have literally still been contending for two, three more years after that. And then if they had a good quarterback for the last three years, they'd probably have been in the playoffs. And they thought they had it with Russell Wilson. Now it's arguably one of the worst contracts in sports. Unless literally Sean Payton works favors. Um, I have li- like Denver Broncos predicting them is literally I haven't predict uh, Cleveland. Those are the two teams. Oh, no, no. In the NFC, there's another two. 
Those are the two teams in the AFC where I cannot wrap my head around what the fuck is going to happen. Like, I can literally see that. I can literally see the Broncos winning 10 games, and I can see them winning six. I, can, I don't even know what's going to happen with Denver. That's why I have them in just at nine wins. I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen with this team. They got to be better. Russell Wilson can't be as bad. He's got Sean Payton as his fucking coach now. One of the brilliant offensive minds of this generation of all time, really. Javante Williams is back too, by the way. But that's where the, I don't know if that's where the optimism ends. Denver's such a confusing team. I don't know. I don't because everything went because the expectations were so heavy last year and everything went so bad. You don't even know what to think anymore. You don't know. You don't know if you're overhyping them or if you're like you're you're a vic, you know, you're still thinking heavy on last year. Like you don't know with Denver. They're like Cleveland. We don't know. It all will depend on the quarterback and coaching. Anyway, speaking of disappointment, I wasn't disappointed, but a lot of people were disappointed. And I'm look, I'm I'm obviously more on the casual side, but let's be honest. The Raiders, I can't believe anybody would really have thought the Raiders were going to be elite last year. Unbelievable that anybody had the nerve to think that last year. Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't even think he's going to stay healthy all year. I hope he does, okay? I don't wish an injury on anyone. I don't think Garoppolo's going to stay healthy. Devontae Adams has already made it a secret that he doesn't want to be there ever since they got rid of Derek Carr. I mean, the, he literally is so loyal. He literally went to go play with them. Then Josh Jacobs, who I'm pretty sure wants that new contract. I mean, every running back right now is in a, in a limbo. My fucking dog won't stop barking. Defensively, they don't have a lot of good players. They've been... I don't remember the last time they had a really good defensive year. They they drafted Tyree Wilson. And, it, you know, the combination of Tyree Wilson and Max Crosby is going to be actually kind of nice. I'm actually looking forward to that. But other than that, they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, they don't have a lot of... What's the word I'm looking for? They're not very... Not loaded. Not loaded because... You look at the star players and it's like, oh, great. No, they're not very uh, complete. They're just not a complete team at all. Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't even know if that's better or worse. And I don't think that was, I don't think that's going to matter at all. The offensive line has been one of the worst for many years. I think it's going to get better. That's not a guarantee. The Raiders, and then you look at the division, they're just not better than none of these teams. And they ain't close. Maybe Denver. They might catch Denver slipping, but Denver... At least they have a, an experienced NFL head coach. Josh McDaniels is going to be on the hot seat. I can see Josh McDaniels getting fired if this team starts off one and seven. So that's the AFC right there. Um, that's it, the AFC. Now I get to the NFC. Yeah, this shit's probably going to take two hours. I can't believe how long this shit does take. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it, the NFC. So the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, those, to me, that's the head of the class. And then you have your others, the Giants, the Lions, Vikings, hell, even Packers, the Seahawks, the Saints, teams that are a, a tier below them. But this division is not as top heavy as the AFC, but it's interesting. I think there's a lot of teams looming. You know, they're missing a quarterback or they're missing pieces on defense, but they're like they're they're waiting. They're almost there. I'm gonna start with the NFC East, of course, and the top four. Well, 
the four teams, one through four, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Commanders and Giants tied. It's no really, it's no surprise. My list. I think the only thing that's going to surprise people is that I think the Commanders are going to have a tiebreaker over the Giants or something. I, I think the Commanders are going to shock a lot of people. That's my surprise team this year. The Washington Commanders. Anyway, I'll start with the Eagles. I don't have much to say about the Eagles. They don't have the safety depth that they had last year, of course. But and, Oh, and by the way, they lost both of their coordinators. Their defensive coordinator losing him to Arizona. Their offensive coordinator losing him to Indianapolis. This team is top-heavy. They got even better in, in almost every position. Literally, their offensive line is one of the top ones in the league. Jason Kelsey back at center, Dickerson and Lane Johnson, Maialata. Um, They have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I, I think they could use more depth at receiver. That's just me. But, man, a tight end. Dallas Goddard could have a Pro Bowl season. DeAndre Swift bringing him in. And then you got, and then you look at the depth chart behind uh, DeAndre Swift. Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny, Boston Scott. And then, oh, and then it just gets better. You go to their defensive line. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Josh Sweat. You got Barnett and Jalen Carter right there, too, waiting. You got N'Kobe Dean at linebacker. Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith, a first-round pick right there behind him. Uh, Darius Slay and uh, James Bradbury at corner. They brought in Terrell Edmonds um, to kind of soften the load at safety. They're what can you say that they're just too good? I think the only concern with Philadelphia, it's not even the coordinator losses. I think the only concern with Philadelphia is they had so much success last year. They blew teams out the water. It's tough to get back to the Super Bowl. It really, especially coming off a loss, it's very, very tough. You have a target on your back now. Dallas wants them so bad. Um, it's tough. All That's all I'm going to say. And by the way, now, if there's any team that's probably uh, more prone to avoiding injury, I mean, not avoiding injuries, but to be able to sustain injuries, it's probably the Eagles. Either, even with that being said, I think the only thing that, probably a slump, like a sophomore slump, because you know they had such a great year last year. Not everything can go well. That's about it. Jalen Hurts maybe regresses. That's a, I'm just trying to literally nitpick and think of reasons why the Eagles won't be as good. They're unbelievable. The only team, the only problem is that they have a team that's literally breathing down their necks right now, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. My Dallas Cowboys. I did not like, I did not like them getting rid of Kellen Moore. I don't like the fact that Mike McCarthy is basically taking on play-calling responsibilities. I don't like that Dak Prescott's literally the only quarterback, it feels like, that he's being talked about in the media. I don't like... There's not a lot of things I don't like. I don't like that we haven't won anything since 1996. I don't like how I can't go to anywhere without getting shitted on. But that's about it. This is a really good team. If 2021 was great, if 2022 were great, I think this season's going to be it. Look, I'm not predicting Dallas to win a Super Bowl. I dare never say that. But remember last year before the season, I wasn't very optimistic about Dallas. Like I was, but I was like, damn, I think they're going to drop off. They got even better. <laughs> they actually got even better. And and I think this year I would like I would have liked for somebody else to compliment Tony Pollard at running back. 
I would have liked. I would like that they would have more offensive line depth because I think a couple injuries go, we could end up, a, a couple injuries on the offensive line and we're probably going to end up like in where the Chargers were last year. I would like a lot of things, but they added Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard's back, and obviously he was the number one running back last year. And he already looked like the number one running back the year before. Jack Prescott, there's no fucking way in hell he's throwing 17 picks this year. I, I just, there's no way. He just had a bad year. People are making it seem like this man's throwing 20 picks every year. Dak Prescott will literally do any, Dak Prescott will blow his nose. And that's the first thing on first take in the mornings. It, it, it is low-key annoying. And I'm a Cowboys fan. I love when we're talking about, but it, it's kind of a little annoying now. Not even Romo got, oh, I, I don't even know. I was so young, but he might have got this too. Prescott's not throwing for 17 picks, so y'all can forget about it. Y'all can kiss my ass about it. He ain't throwing 17 picks. I'm not saying he's winning MVP. I'm not saying he's going to win Super Bowl MVP, but he ain't throwing 17 picks. That's for fucking sure. CD Lamb's going to continue to get better, but the defense, oh my goodness. this They might have the best defense in the league. You feel it now? Philadelphia's on paper is just unbelievable, but Dallas, in terms of performance... They kept, how the fuck did they keep Dan Quinn is a mystery to me. It's unbelievable how they kept Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator. This man, okay, after 2021, you could have made the argument, well, maybe he didn't get enough coaching, good coaching uh, opportunities. Okay, there's no way you could have told me he wasn't going to get a coaching job after this year. I knew, I thought he was for sure gone. I See, I thought Kellen Moore was coming back. I didn't think Dan Quinn was coming back. I can't believe they kept Dan Quinn. Now, maybe there's something behind the scenes and Dan Quinn might take over if Mike McCarthy gets fired. But the fact that Dan Quinn, a guy who should be a head coach, a guy who was literally the head coach of the Falcons for many years, when he even took them to the Super Bowl, the year they, they blew that uh, the 28-3 lead, he was their head coach. We have a coach who's been in the Super Bowl. We have a guy who's head coached in a Super Bowl. That's our defensive coordinator. And we somehow still kept them. And it ain't because he sucks. <laughs> That's for sure. We got Micah Parsons, who is the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year already. You got Demarcus Lawrence. We got unbelievable pass rushing depth. We were able to get good we were able to get an acquisition not an acquisition. We were able to get some help on defensive tackle in the draft. Losing Dalton Schultz, I think, will hurt, but that's on the offensive side of the ball. That's just thinking out loud. The secondary is probably the best. I, it is probably the best Dallas Cowboys secondary that I've ever seen in my life. And that's that's not even joking. I, I'm serious. I grew up around some shit secondaries that the Dallas Cowboys had. But they have Trayvon Diggs. They added Stephon Gilmore. That's tough. Oh, my goodness. And the sec, and the safeties. are. We have the best group of safeties we've had in many, many years. This Dallas team, and I'm not trying to gas them up. And Anybody who's listened to my podcast knows I don't gas up the Cowboys very often. If, if if they don't if they're doing something I don't like I'm very vocal about it I'm not gonna defend them about everything but I like the team I really do there are things that maybe can go off the rails don't get me wrong any team can go through that but I like the team's chances the only question is can they actually win the division because Philadelphia is literally right there with them it's tough can they win the division and can they make the Super Bowl or win it that's what, and that will always, as long as Dallas puts out a good team out every year, there will that will always be the question. Not can they win a couple games? Not can their MVP? Not can their quarterback win MVP? No, 
it will always be the Super Bowl, at least when it comes to Dallas. Now, these next two teams, the New York Giants. Let me tell you something. The New York Giants, they're not the easiest team to predict. I don't like Daniel Jones, and that is the only reason why I don't have this team back in the playoffs. I don't like Daniel Jones. I think, yes, he had a solid year last year. He used his legs. Can Daniel Jones literally be the franchise quarterback? And by the way, they have an unhappy Saquon, or I, I, I suppose. They didn't pay him. But they did get better on paper. They just kept adding on defense. Isaiah Simmons, like, they were able to get him. The O-line, I think the O-line's got to improve. Evan Neal might not be that guy, but they got to improve on their offensive line. I know they've, they've gotten better adding better receivers. That, that really hurt them last year, not having, um, like, elite wide receivers i mean that's kind of been a problem for a while darius slayton isaiah hodgins paris campbell i mean that's jalen hyatt i mean who knows he could be a he could be a quiet suit a, a quiet breakout player ready to happen um adding darren waller at tight end although he wasn't really himself last year defensively they're they're, they're monsters they're monsters that up front leonard williams and dexter lawrence and Ashawn robinson the at linebacker having at pass rush having Kayvon Thibodeau and Ojulari, and then having Xavier McKinney in the backfield. That's that's incredible, man. Adoree Jackson, Deontay Banks, who they were able to get in the first round. It, it, it's a really good team, and they're well coached. My only problem is once again, it's Daniel Jones. I think Daniel. Look, even if Daniel Jones literally is dog shit, I think this team can still win nine games that's how good they are and i i I don't think he's gonna play very good that's a bold prediction i don't think daniel jones is gonna play well i've never been a believer in him good for him he had he had a good year last year but it kind of helps when saquon barkley had the best year he had in years too that's that but the team that i'm that i think people are not talking about enough are the washington commanders how people are sleeping on them is a freaking mystery to me but and look, maybe it's the quarterback position too. Sam Howell, am I the biggest believer in Sam Howell? Maybe not. But this team is very good on paper as well. And look, the vibes are going up in Washington. Look, for the New York Giants, my to me, my biggest question is: Can they avoid us? Can they avoid a slump? Can Daniel Jones be himself again this year? Like play like last year? Can this team get to the playoffs again? For the commanders, it's can they get to the playoffs now? Like they have not been able to get to the playoffs since 2020, when the division was just roasted. I mean, they literally were given that spot. I'd almost felt like the Washington Commanders is can they get to the playoffs? There's good vibes now in DC. Dan Snyder's not their owner anymore. Thank God. And they might change the name again. <laughs> Who knows? I, look, I would like the Redskins to be honest. There's already a petition out there. But you look at the team on paper. Like, like look at their weapons. They got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel at receiver. The O-line has, does have to improve. I, I'm not going to lie about that. But you look at the tandem of Ryan Robinson and Antonio Gibson at running back. That's good. Jacoby Brissett's the backup quarterback. Jacoby Brissett's one of the best back. Shit. He might be the best backup quarterback in the league. Unless Jameis Winston counts. Unless... Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Unless Mariota counts, but Jacoby Brissett's arguably the best backup in the league, so I, I, they should still win games. Then you look at the their defensive line. It's it as a as an opportunity 
to be a generational type defensive line. Monty Sweat and Chase Young. Chase Young has got to like stay healthy. But Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne at tackle. My goodness. Up front, just in general, they are a very, very good team. They have some holes. Yeah, I'm not. And look, they got Emmanuel Forbes in the first round as well at corner. Yes, there's some holes. Ron Rivera is on the hot seat. I, I'm not going to deny that. I think Ron Rivera does have to. He's, he's got to have a winning season at least, bro. This division is not easy. It's probably the hardest in the conference. He's got to win, though. He's got to do something. He was a hell of a coach in Carolina. I respected what he did over there. He's got to do it here. He's got to do it here. Next up, the NFC North. And from one through four, this is my. These are my teams. The Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, and the Chicago Bears. Packers and Bears it was a little more, a little tougher to get my uh, get a finger on it, but. Detroit is the most talented team. The most complete team. Look, the defense was bad last year, but with some of the look with some of the moves that this team has made, I think defensively they could be above average next year. Um uh, this upcoming year. Think about what they did last year. They were off. Their offense had to carry them in games. Carry them. They it was an explosive attack, but they they were carried by their offense. Now you look at you look at their defense on paper. Aiden Hutchinson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Ryan Branch. They're starting to get better. Like they're Cameron Sutton. Like they're they're starting to you know at least they're adding names now. It seems like it could be, it could be something building over there in Detroit. Offensively, you already know they have one of the better offensive lines. Um, Amonre St. Brown. Look, they need, they need Jameson Williams to get back out there. Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones, no offense. That's not a good... Those are not good number two and three receivers to, to literally be saying, yeah, we're going to be one of the best teams in the league. Jared Goff has to play well again. Sam Laporta could be one of the best tight end, Could be one of the best rookie tight ends in the league. That's to be seen. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, a running back, is pretty good. Although, I keep saying they shouldn't have gone... They shouldn't have stretched out to get Jameer Gibbs like they did. This team is nice, and they've been talked about over and over. But I think people are not talking about the Minnesota Vikings enough because, yes, the Vikings will not be as good enough. Well, they won't be as good as they were last year in those one-possession games. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what with Minnesota. I think they're going to make it to Week 17 in a position where they could literally win the division. I don't know if it'll happen or not. But I think Detroit and Minnesota, that's a prediction. I think with those two teams... They're going to come down to the stretch. The biggest question with Detroit is have they really improved defensively and can they actually win the division? And, and if they don't win the division, can they actually make the playoffs? Because let's be honest, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2016. That's all people ask for, at least their fan base. And for the Minnesota Vikings, they, they're they not going to win 12 games or 13 like they did last year. But they have to kind of prove that they're not a fluke. They have to, they have to, oh, excuse me. They're not very good on defense still. But Brian Flores, being their new defensive coordinator, I mean, that shit's got to help a lot. That's a head coach quality. That's a quality head coach being their defensive coordinator. That's got to help. Offensively, I think they they got slightly better. They have a solid O-line. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. You, you know what you get out of him. Justin Jefferson. And then adding Jordan Addison there. Um, and then obviously they're... 
obviously they're so good. I mean, the the skill position players for Minnesota, it's not really that's really never really been the problem. Their defense is a problem. KJ Osborne and uh, TJ Hawkinson, who I believe it just got extended. Um, running back, I am. I do have some questions about running back. Ty Chandler, Miles Gaskin, and Alexander Madison be the one. I wonder if Madison, Alexander Madison will be running back one at the end of the year. That is a big one. Other than that, that's it with those two teams. I'm moving. I, I think it's going to be a race between the two. I think Detroit's going to be a little bit better, and I think they might win the division for sure. The third best team, the Green Bay Packers. I've changed my stance over the last couple weeks because they've had one of the best camps, best preseasons of all the NFL teams. Look, when when Aaron Rodgers left, I had no clue what to think about Jordan Love. We hadn't seen enough from him. I didn't. We, nobody saw another fucking Aaron Rodgers there. He looked good. He's looked good in preseason, and based on what I've seen in preseason, and then I started to think, you know what? Their defense is actually nice. Like, if you think about it, what? Why am I putting Green Bay so far behind Minnesota and even Detroit? Like, literally, yes, Christian Watson and Romel Dubs—they're young guys, but they look like they're on the come up. I think the def- I think I think the off. I'm stuttering. The offensive line obviously does have some questions now. I think. But defensively, they're they're solid enough on defense to where they're going to win eight games. Literally, I think this Packers team, this Packers team might even make the playoffs. I wouldn't even be surprised anymore. They still got out there. They got Devontae Adams. I'm Devontae Adams. Excuse me. Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Devontae Campbell, Quay Walker, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander. Uh, obviously, Russell Douglas and Darnell Savage have had their moments there. They haven't changed the law on defense. Unless I'm tripping, but I don't think they've changed a whole lot on defense. They really have it. It's, to me, it almost seems the same. I know Aaron Rodgers is the elephant in the room. He's not there no more. But I, I think there's optimism in the air in Green Bay. There really is. I, if Jordan Love is good, if he is what they hoped he would be when they drafted him in 2020, guys, this 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 might actually be legit. This... This Packers team could actually even make the playoffs. I couldn't put them ahead of those two teams because I couldn't put them ahead of Detroit. I couldn't put them ahead of Minnesota only because I'm not even sure what Jordan Love is going to be. If Jordan Love is Jordan Love, I mean, if he is a great quarterback, if he's a good quarterback, this team has a shot again. I don't know about uh, winning the division necessarily, but they could be in the playoffs. They could fight for a wild card spot. They're going to be a solid team this year. Now, if Jordan Love is just not good at all, there's other questions that are going to have to be answered. The next team is the Chicago Bears. If there is a team that could be this year's version of what the Jaguars were last season, you know, a lot of hype, young quarterback, adding free agents, it's probably the Bears. That's about the closest I can get. The Chicago Bears, look, for the Green Bay Packers, the biggest question was, is Jordan Love him? It, it Really, it is. Is Jordan Love really the guy? In Chicago, that is also the same question. Is Justin Fields really the guy? Now, I think there's more optimism with Justin Fields because we've seen him a little bit. He can run the hell out of that ball. He, If he stayed healthy, he was going to break that uh, single-season rushing record for a quarterback. He's a special talent. By the way, he was unbelievable in college. 
He was the number two ranked prospect in the country behind Trevor Lawrence. And he was, and for the time being, he was like the second best quarterback in college, also behind Trevor Lawrence. So I, I think it's a bit unfair that Justin Fields gets disrespected a little bit. But yes, he does need to step it up. He does need to have almost 4,000 yards. He's got to have 4,000 yards, I think, in order for this to be legit. They they seem to be caring a little bit more in the front office. They seem to starting they're starting to get it. Okay, they added DJ Moore. They tra- they they traded with Carolina for DJ Moore. They got Claypool, Darnell Mooney. They were able to draft Darnell Wright in the um um in, in the first round. They needed protection, of course, but they were able to get themselves a first-round pick at tackle. They obviously they need that offensive line to improve quickly. Off, you know, at running back, mm, the running game is really going to go all about uh, Justin Fields. To me, the question is more of can just like the whole. You can question this team on defense and the depth and the acquisition. The acquisitions did they pay too much money for them? Their their actual picks. If Justin Fields plays like a superstar, then the the rest of it becomes secondary. You know what I mean? First things first, the first priority is that Justin Fields plays like what they want him to play. And that's all. That's really all I can say on this. Yes, they, they made some acquisitions. They they brought in some different players. They got Tremaine, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. The secondary looks decent on paper. Um, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker. But this will this will come down to Justin Fields. I think this team, on paper, they don't look to me like they're better than Green Bay. They they don't they don't look like they're better than anybody in this division. But if Justin Fields is him, if he is, if he adds on to his run game, if he is throwing for four thousand yards, if he's, if he improves a lot, if he has that Jalen Hurts type leap as a passer, this team is this team could really make some noise in this division, even in the conference. That's the big question here. Now, next up, the NFC South. I said the AFC South was the weakest division in the AFC. The NFC South is the weakest division in the NFC, too. It really is. I, I, I don't even know how to explain this, but I, I really struggled, guys. I really struggled with predicting the winner for the last couple months. Back and forth. Now, a lot of people in the media have said, oh, the Saints. The Saints are the best team The the Saints could be no, no, no. I, I don't think that. I think the Saints are a disaster waiting to happen. That's what I think. Yeah, I think on paper they're probably better than all the other teams, but the Saints I think are a disaster. So that leads me to say, this is my, these are uh, my four teams ranked in this division. I think it's going to be Atlanta number one, New Orleans two, Carolina three, Tampa Bay four. Tampa Bay no, they were never in the discussion to win this division, but. Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, literally, I have them all separated by one game. I think they're all literally right there, five hundred. Why Atlanta? Did I? Why did I pick Atlanta over New Orleans and Carolina? Look, I think Atlanta. Look, first of all, I don't think I don't really care who wins this division. I can see any of the three win it. Yeah, hell, even Carolina with a rookie quarterback, I can see Carolina winning this. But the problem is, I don't trust the Saints one bit. I really do not trust the Saints at all. I think that that has more to do with the Saints and the Falcons, in my opinion. But 
Look, the Saints have struggled with the injuries over the last couple years. I don't know if Dennis Allen's going to make it through the year. I literally think he's on the hot seat right now. Um, Derek Carr, I don't think he's all that. I don't think he's going to make the difference in New Orleans. Kamara suspended to start the year off. I do like them at receiver. I'm not going to lie. I do like them at receiver. I think Chris Olave, Chris Olave is about to have himself a hell of a year, regard, regardless of who's throwing the ball to him. I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be back the way he was ever again. I have questions about the offensive line, like like a lot. Jamal Williams, I, I think I, I like the, the pickup of him, but I don't think he was intended to be the running back one for that team. Defensively, they have guys who are aging now. Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew was not a, bit, a bad pickup, but when your best players are Tyron Matthew and Cameron Jordan, we have guys like, you know, it's an aging team. Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, it, it's an aging group. Ramshick, aging players. Demario Davis is a great player. Pete Warner is a pretty good player. Defensively, look, I still trust them a little bit on defense. Marshawn Lattimore, Brian Breeze, a, a tackle, being able to get him in the first round. I just don't trust this team. I don't like the quarterback. They always end up picking untimely injuries. Not having Kamara there will hurt. If what's his face? If, if Michael Thomas is not even back to ever being the same player he was, they literally have one receiver, and that's Olave. That's it. And I don't even like their old line. I don't like this team. But this team might still end up winning the division because they're so bad, and this division just so bad in general. <laughs> that that's literally how I feel about this team. Defensively, they I think they probably have the best defense in the division. Carolina is not bad, but I think they're probably the. They could have the best. But I, their offense is being hyped up, and I don't even like it. And, and and who knows? Maybe Kamara comes back, and he's a monster. And look, if it all goes well, best case scenario, if it all goes well for the Saints, yes, I think they win the division. They win nine or ten games. I think they're the best. They're the class of the division. I just don't think it's going to go well. I don't trust it. Sometimes you just look at it and like, I don't think this is going to work. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Falcons, the reason why I think I, the reason why I think they are going to win the division. I think the run game. Look, they have improved. They've improved in their pass rush. That's That's been a big problem for many years. Look, up front, they got Calais Campbell now, uh, Grady Jarrett, Onyemata, in the, you know, in the secondary, Jesse Bates and Jeff Okuda. Hope Okuda has a good change of scenery. I, it wasn't going off so well in Detroit. AJ Terrell, they're hoping he can be an all-pro again like in 2021. It's a lot better than what it's been. That's for sure. And their and their whole line is actually solid. They, I, I like their offensive line. Chris Lindstorm is one of the best guards in the league. Kyle Pitts at tight end. Junu Smith as his backup. They got Drake London. I like the Matt Collins pickup. He's, he, I, I know. I like them in Vegas, okay? Quarterback is a problem. I don't care who's starting. When Desmond Ritter and Tyler Heineke are your, your options, you don't seem to get too excited. But it's the run game, guys. Their run game, which was already one of the best for the last two years. Now they're adding literally like a turbo charge. They literally turbo charge the run game now. And now they got Bijan Robinson, who I think is going to have the best rushing season from a rookie in many, many years. I, what was the last one? Probably Ezekiel Elliott in 2016. He literally could break Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's mark. Ezekiel Elliott had about... 1600 rushing yards in his rookie year i think 
Bijan Robinson's going to break that. I think Bijan Robinson's the best ru- rushing prospect. I mean, rushing. I think he's the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley, since the days of Leonard Fournette, since Derrick Henry. Since he is one of a kind. He is one of a kind. I think Bijan Robinson. And then you got, and then you got uh, Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson as his backups. That's insanity. I just think the difference between the Saints and the Falcons is you know what you're going to get from the Falcons. They're not a 12-win team. Hell no. They're not 11-win team. Hell no. I don't think they can make a run in the playoffs. And I know people think the Saints could be a little bit of a dark horse. That's the Saints, though. The Saints, I think things could go fall off. Things could go off the rails very quick, too. I don't know if that's going to happen with Atlanta. I think the Falcons, what you see is what you get. And I think they're a 9-10 win team. Because let's be honest, the last few years, they've hung around. Even with having like not much talent. But now they have some horses there to compete. And that's I feel strongly about that. Their only question, the only question with Atlanta is how bad the quarterback situation is going to be. It's not talked about enough like in Washington. But if the only question is, is it going to be bad? Is the defense really that improved? And can they actually win the division? But the Saints, I think, have more questions to answer. Uh, they, they do. They have a lot of money to play. They have a lot of money to pay a lot of players. I mean, they have to pay a lot of players. Seriously, they, they have, they're, they've they been having cap issues since my, my 20s began. The Saints have more questions to answer. They have to answer, is Derek Carr really the answer to, to their quarterback woes? And if he ain't there, they'll have more questions to answer is Alvin Kamara gonna return uh actually I forget Kamara I think Kamara will be fine when he comes back is Michael Thomas gonna be himself again is the defense gonna suffer injuries is it um yeah I, I they just their offensive line I just think the Saints have more to answer than the Atlanta Falcons do there's not also there's not a whole lot of expectations on Atlanta like there is on the Saints there just isn't Um, that's that. I don't know why I feel so strongly about that. The next team is Carolina. And I don't think Carolina's far off. When last year ended, I literally said to myself, whether they get a quarterback or not, and, and this is almost during the draft, I said, I don't care who they grab at quarterback. I think Carolina could win the division. I got off that, I got off that a little bit, but I think Carolina could still do it. Remember, Carolina literally almost won the division last year. They, if it wasn't for the week 18 loss to Tampa Bay, a, a Tom Brady led Tampa Bay, if it, and, and they almost did win that division. They almost won that game. If they had won that game, they were, they were going to win the division and be in the playoffs. Their defense is sound and solid. They have themselves a franchise quarterback. It's almost like, well, okay, what do you ask for? Look, Carolina, I don't think they have the talent. You could probably say almost about every team in this division. They don't have the talent necessarily to to just say, oh, they're going to win this division. I really don't. I don't even like the receiving. I mean, the, the, the receiving threats. Seriously, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. I think the, the offensive line could get better, but it has to. It really does. It's Hayden Hurst at tight end. Come on. Um, having Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard at running back. Okay, that's solid. Defense. The defense is where it's the bread and butter. They were really they they were really good down the stretch last year on defense and the way they ran the ball. But it's a good team. They need J.C. Horn to step it up. Uh, Von Bell in the backfield. Justin Houston. They they added a lot of veterans. But up front, oh Brian Burns and 
Deshaun Williams. I mean, like, all these guys they have, Derek Brown, Shai Tuttle, Shaq Thompson at linebacker. They're, they're a, they're, I think they're a good coach team. Frank Wright coming in. I think it's a better than what it was with uh, what's-his-face. Uh, God, I forgot his name. He's a Nebraska coach right now. Matt Rule. <laughs> it's better than what they had with Matt Rule for sure. At least there's a change in direction. This team, I can see them winning nine games. I, I can't be so sure. I think Bryce Young, they got to protect Bryce Young. People are talking about C.J. Stroud maybe getting sacked a lot because he takes a lot of sacks. Bryce Young definitely can't be getting sacked. I think he'll evade a lot more of them. The next team up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This team, I, I'm calling it right now. If anybody listening to this, I'm calling it right now. This team is going to get the number one pick one way or another. Whether it's from a trade, I don't care. They're going to get uh, Caleb Williams. Arizona, I don't... Okay, maybe Arizona. But Arizona, they have a quarterback right now. Only question is, do they trade him? But Tampa Bay, I'm not saying they're going to have the worst record. But my God, they do. They're going to need a quarterback eventually. And they, they need a whole lot more. The offensive line's in shambles now. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are literally what's keeping this team afloat on offense. Baker Mayfield, I think, is going to get benched by week five or some shit by Kyle Trask. They don't have a run game. They don't have a tight end. Man, this is... It, it, it's crazy how quick things changed. Not long ago, this team was competing for Super Bowls. And look at them now. Defensively, they still have talent. They still have Mitovea there. They still got Devin White. They still got Levante Davis, Shaquille Barrett, Carlton Davis, Antoine Whitfield, Jamal Dean. Often, their offense is probably going to be the worst in, in the sport. <laughs> No need, no need. The only question with this team is can they even get the number one pick? Can they find a way to get a Caleb Williams? And who the hell is going to be the quarterback by week 17? I think that would be the only question. They're not. They're going to be last place in this division. I will call it right now. On to the NFC West. On to the NFC West. Number one. Okay, from one to four. San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Rams, um, Arizona Cardinals. No shockers there, okay? San Francisco is the head of the division. They might be the best team in this conference. Right there with Philadelphia. A little bit over Dallas. Brock Purdy. Look, all all people have talked about is Purdy, the, the quarterback race. Well, that's out the way now. They traded Trey Lance to Dallas. By the way, I didn't even talk about that with the Cowboys, but... I don't think that's too relevant right now, okay? Trey Lance got traded to Dallas. Brock Purdy is him. He's the number he's the quarter uh number one quarterback there. Now he needs to really be who he was at the tail end of the year last season. I believe in Brock Purdy. I think he is the guy there. He really is. The only question with San Francisco is can they finally get over the hump? They've been right there. Literally, they've been right there. They've been in the Super Bowl. They've been to the NFC title game two years in a row. Can they get to back to the big game? They, I think they've found their quarterback to help them there. That's the question. In short term, in short term, is the offensive line really on the fall off? Their offensive line is not as good as it was. Okay, this is a this is a team that I used to rave about how great they were up up front. Their offensive line, no. You you look at Trent Williams is the only guy that's still left. But other than that, oh, and by the way, Nick Bosa, I don't even know if he's going to be playing week one. 
And or, or, as for that matter, I don't know when he's going to play again. That contract holdout is some serious stuff. That man wants big money. I don't know. I mean, if there's one guy he shouldn't be holding out on, it's, it's Nick Bosa. I understand. You know what? I'm not going to say too much. But Nick Bosa is not somebody you hold out on a lot. Nick Bosa. I understand if it's a running back. But not an elite, elite, elite defensive player. A pass rusher. One of the best. A guy who could make the case for being the best in the in the league. He's right there with Parsons. He's right there with TJ Watt. Right there with Miles Garrett. They're Literally, those four guys are in a, in a class of their own. They shouldn't play around about that. They shouldn't. Um, other than that, this team is just top-loaded. They added Javon Hargrave in the offseason. Uh, offensively, they got Jawan Jennings and McLeod, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell at running back. Ooh. Eric Armstead at defensive tackle, Drake Greenlaw, Fred Warner. I mean, that combination at linebacker has always been deadly. Traverius Ward and Hufanga, who was unbelievable last year. This team is top-heavy. Seattle is their biggest threat in the division, but I don't think they're too scared. Seattle is. I think they I, I think they might get beat by Seattle in one game. I, I, I'm still skeptical on Seattle being able to contend. A lot of people have Seattle as a dark horse. I'm not ready on that yet, but I can see it. I see Seattle back in the playoffs. I don't know how they're not back in the playoffs. Um, and speaking of Seattle, there they are. The Seahawks, like, if you if you look at their team on paper, I don't know how many other teams are better than them on paper right now. I really don't know. This is, you know, their secondary is giving people Legion of, the Bo- uh, Legion of Boom vibes. Their offensive line's better than it's been in years. Their weapons are just eye-watering. <laughs> Mouth-watering, excuse me. They have Pete Carroll, a head coach. This team, this team, of all the teams that I said were not contenders, but they're right there, they're probably the best one. Literally, I would love to see the Giants and Seahawks play in the playoffs against each other and just see who's ready more. Those are really the two teams that, if they had an elite quarterback, would be contending right now. That's right. Brian Arrieta just said that. If, if the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks had uh, I don't know Jalen Hurts, uh, Josh Allen at quarterback, they'd be in the NFC Championship right now. The Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants. That's literally I think what those two teams are missing. Yeah, they're missing other things. I think the Giants could improve their O line. They could have more weapons. You know, I think the Seattle Seahawks could improve maybe the, uh, you know, their pass rush a little bit more. Whatever, a quarterback. I mean quarterback is that's it no offense I think Geno Smith played lights out last year that was the best season of his career but like Daniel Jones do it again that's my question can you do it again they're gonna ask you to do that you have to do it again you can't just slump out again you really can't remember Geno Smith had a fight for the for the uh quarterback spot for the top uh spot for quarterback it's not like he was just giving it no, he, he literally was one of the biggest surprises last year because of that. Now, okay, do it again. He got a contract. Do it again. You got DK Metcalf. You got Tyler Lockett. You drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's, that's crazy. They even did that. O-line, you got uh, Abraham Lucas and Charles, uh, Charles Cross. That's maybe one of the best tackle combinations in the league. Kenneth Walker at running back. Whew. 
And then you you, you look you look, you look at their defense. They got Jordan Brooks, Draymond uh, Dramont Jones, Mario Edwards. The the back I mean the secondary. I keep saying backfield. The secondary. They got Quandre Diggs and Rick Woolen, <laughs> Jamal Adams, and oh my goodness, Devin Witherspoon. They drafted. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches by this team. And they're coached by Pete Carroll. This team literally could make the jump. I, I'm just skeptical if it's going to be with um, Geno Smith. So that's that. I think that's the question. Is Geno Smith really the guy that's going to get him to that level? Can they can they get to San Francisco's level? I don't expect this team to win the division and be in the Super Bowl. But can they get to that next step where they're literally knocking on that door? At them and the Giants are going to be right there. Detroit too, okay. But we already saw the... Well, we've already seen Seattle, and we've already seen the Giants in the playoffs. Now it's like, can they take that next step? And and least, but def and definitely last, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not gonna take too long on this. This team, I think an arena football league team would be better than them. An expansion team would be better than the Arizona Cardinals. They are the worst team in the in, in the fucking league right now. And they're going to be. That's already a prediction. They're going to be the worst team in the league. Like, we're literally going to be talking about Kyler Murray, maybe not even playing a single game because they probably don't even want to, they probably don't even want to put him out there because if they do want to trade him, he's going to look so bad out there with that team. Nobody might even want to trade him because of his contract too. This team is just, it, it's awful, okay? It's awful. Gannon, uh, Gannon had, their new head coach, the old defensive coordinator from Philadelphia, he's got his foot, he's got his, um, foot in, in some big mess. He's got his work cut out. He really does. This is going to be a bad year for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, no. Jonathan Gannon, look out. This is this is awful. I, I'm not even going to get to the roster. Look, here, actually, I can, I can just start looking at the roster right now. Kyler Murray, look, they have so many questions to answer. And most of them are going to be, are they going to have the number one pick? Are they going to try to go for a quarterback? Like, literally week eight, we're going to be talking about should they be tanking right now? Week six, maybe. Shit. They're that bad. They're that bad. They did this to themselves as well. Um, I, I don't know where else to go with the Arizona Cardinals. They're the worst team. The only team that might be almost as bad is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But at least they have some fucking horses on defense. James Conner's there. Rondale Moore is there. I mean, like, I'm literally... Paris Johnson, I did, li- I did like the pickup of Paris Johnson. I am not going to lie to you. That does help out the offensive line. But defensively, they have, like, Buddha Baker. And it's like, who else is left? It's it's just a bad team. It's, it's a bad team. They're literally going to be fighting with Tampa Bay and maybe the Raiders for the worst team in, in, this, in this league. So, yeah, that's it. That, those are my NFL predictions. Okay, if y'all do want, if y'all do want to know who my Super Bowl winner is, I think I have it. I'm not shitting you. I think I have it right here. Put it. I I wrote down my predictions, but I think. So these are the AFC teams that I have in the playoffs: Kansas City, and this is an order, by the way. The top four being the division winners and the wild card teams. I got Kansas City, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Cincinnati, as the division winners, and then I got the Jets. Steelers, Ravens as the wild card teams. In the NFC, the top four, I got Philadelphia, San Francisco, Detroit, and Carolina. I mean, uh, Atlanta. 
And then the three teams as wild cards, the Cowboys, Seahawks, and Vikings. The AFC Championship, I think it's going to be Cincinnati and Kansas City. Part three in the playoffs. I think Kansas City beats them. And I think the, the NFC Championship will be Philadelphia, San Francisco, part two. And I think San Francisco beats them this time. And I think San Francisco wins the Super Bowl. I'm going to get killed by all the Cowboy fans. I'm going to get crucified by all Cowboy fans. But I, I truly believe the San Francisco 49ers are going to win. And that's if Joe if Nick Bosa comes back. And the offensive line isn't as bad. But I, I like him. I, I did think about it. I think maybe the Bengals are, are going to go to the Super Bowl. But I, I got the San Francisco 49ers regardless. I think the MVP this year. The, I think the regular season MVP. A lot of people have Trevor Lawrence. He's a, he's a trendy pick. I think Justin Herbert is going to win. Now that he's got Kellen Moore, I truly think it's going to be Justin Herbert now. It's crazy to think Josh Allen hasn't won it yet and Joe Burrow hasn't won it yet, but I think I think Herbert's going to win it. Um, defensive player of the year, I got Micah Parsons. No offense to Miles Garrett. I think he's right there too. I think Parsons is going to he's going to put up some big sack numbers. Um, offensive rookie of the year. I haven't even thought about this one, actually. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think Anthony Richardson. I was, I was, I was telling people to draft him on fantasy. Why, not, why is he not the Offensive Rookie of the Year? Um, it's tough. It's going to be between Anthony Richardson or Bijan Robinson. Look, I would choose Bijan Robinson, but if Anthony Richardson has a fucking phenomenal year, like an RG3-type rookie year, Andrew Luck... It's probably going to be Anthony Richardson. The quarterback will always get the award. But if no quarterback, him or Stroud or Bryce Young, if none of them really like show, like if none of them are really like fabulous like that, they're just solid, Bijan Robinson will get the award. It, it's really between the two. I'll just say Bijan Robinson. It's a more safer pick, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's Anthony Richardson. Um, I don't know. It, it is very tough. It is very, very tough. And I think the defense, for defensive rookie of the year, I, I really think it's going to be Will Anderson. Only because he is, his new head coach is a defensive-minded guy. I really think they're going to get off the gates and do some great things. Um, Coach of the year? Who the fuck can I put coach of the year right now? Dan Campbell, if, if the Detroit Lions win the division, I think it can go to Dan Campbell. But a lot of people will already see that coming. You know what I mean? Usually it's, it's, it, usually it's from a coach who put a team in a position where no one saw it coming. Like Brian Dapel last year. Um, it's got to be a surprise. I think Mike Tomlin, guys. Am I crazy to say that? Or, or maybe Robert Sala. But I think Mike Tomlin might win Coach of the Year. If Pittsburgh goes to the playoffs, they have double-digit wins. I can see Mike Tomlin winning Coach of the Year. There you have it. I think my prediction, that's my prediction for Coach of the Year. I think Mike Tomlin. Um, is the coach of the year. That's it so far. That's it for me for the, my predictions. I know I've, I was very, very rusty in this. I didn't even have to write notes. I, a lot of this I already knew I was going to talk about, but sometimes you forget crap. There's so much shit you forget about. And I didn't want to make this a long podcast either. So I'm glad for everybody who listened to this, enjoys this NFL season. I will be doing another podcast in a couple days, previewing week one of the NFL season. Uh, it's mainly going to be predictions and the, the spreads. Like, do I think they're going to cover or not? 
But that's basically it for me for this podcast. I'll be back in Friday. I'll be back on Friday night. That shit's only going to be like a 20 minute, 25 minute podcast. So yeah, that's it for me. I'm glad. I'm glad that people are listening to this. I hope I hope y'all enjoy this or y'all got something. Y'all took something out of this podcast. Um, Let me know how I did. Other than that, I hope all my slams have a great rest of the day. I'll see you in a couple days. Thanks for the support. This slime is officially out.